Good morning, everyone. My name is Nicole, and in a moment we're going to read God's word together. But first, let's come before him with hearts full of prayer. Almighty God, we are just filled with awe every time that we can come before you and call you our God, our Father in heaven. And we thank you so much for your word, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that we can trust in it and believe in it, that it has been sent directly from you, straight from heaven, as Jesus himself was sent from heaven to our earth, to show us how to be redeemed, to show us how to come back to you. And we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit, who has also been sent to live in our hearts and to make us more like our Lord Jesus. We pray as your word comes forth, as Chris preaches it today, that our hearts would be open and excited again at the glorious goodness of your gospel. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So we're in Galatians chapter 1, the rest of the chapter today. We're looking from verse 11 to 24. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me in his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God, that what I'm writing to you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report, the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. I want to start by introducing to you some people. These are people you will not know because I've made them up. But then you will know them because you might know them as your colleagues or your friends or your family or elements of them. You might see elements in people that you already know or even yourself. So let's meet Oscar. Oscar's parents were at the forefront of cultural changes in attitudes to women's rights and gay rights. Last weekend, he was marching for the poor, oppressed Palestinians, and he believes that mankind is improving in their attitudes and behaviours. 
He loves and celebrates people from his tribe. But there are so many people holding us back with outdated ideas, he thinks. He's, he's pretty quick to leap onto the latest woke trends. Just don't ever call him woke or you might get cancelled. In fact, he's quick to cancel anyone online who isn't as progressive in their thinking as him. Let's meet Ava. Ava is a girl who knows what is cool and how to show it to the world. She spent a lot of time and money recently getting to Melbourne to see her hero, Taylor Swift. She dreams of becoming famous, empowered woman of the media like Tay-Tay. And once everyone notices her she, she, and recognises the talent that she has, surely she will feel more fulfilled in her heart. She started her own YouTube and TikTok channels uh, where she sings covers and even some originals and in between just shares her freshly minted views on the world. And she's even started giving some of her money to TikTok streamers as they battle others to see who's most popular and she hopes one day to join them and join those battles herself and make her living by being an online personality. Let's meet Cindy. She's always dreamed of having the perfect family. With the third child on the way, she's hoping it will complete their family unit. Her husband works really hard as a builder and their newly purchased house is starting to take shape. They've just renovated the new baby's room, the bathroom is next. A pool would be nice for them, uh, they think, for when the kids get a bit older, but her husband's dead keen on a boat so they can spend weekends cruising the bay. With all these plans, things are starting to get a bit of a stretch financially, but she thinks surely it will be all worth it in the end as they build the perfect family life. And let's meet Connor. Connor's worked really hard to get into his position as registrar in orthopaedics at the Marta Hospital. He's loving working, fixing all sorts of broken bones on a daily basis. He, he feels powerful after all these years of medical training coming together and making a real difference in people's lives. He actually loved the study, even though his parents pushed him hard. He believes that if we keep making scientific breakthroughs, we, he can see a future where the human race will be so much better. In fact, it's, it's already better than it was 50 years ago. He trusts the science, study and hard work, and he trusts all those things to map out his perfect future as an orthopaedic surgeon. So as we meet these four people, as we meet Oscar, Ava, Cindy and Connor, each of them have their own gospel. They wouldn't probably call it that, but they all have a view of the world and what it will take for their world to be better. They have a view of what is good news for them, their own versions of salvation. But all of their gospels are different versions of man-made gospels. Oscar with his progressive human-centered gospel, Ava with her fame and self-fulfillment gospel, Cindy with her perfect consumerist family gospel, and Connor with his hard-working trust in science and knowledge gospel. They're just some of the man-made gospels we find out here in the world we live in. Everyone has a gospel. Everyone has their gospel, their good news, their way to salvation. But as we'll see, all these man-made gospels fall short. 
We're going to dig into Galatians. Last week, James took us through the start of the book of Galatians. And we saw that that this, that Jesus plus nothing is freedom. We should not add anything to the gospel. Because if we do, we're under God's curse. But this week, we're looking that God's gospel comes directly from him, and it's not man-made. So let's dig in. Galatians 1. This is what Paul says he takes up. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. So this is not one of those man-made gospels. This is God's gospel. Where did he get it from? I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Paul got this gospel from Jesus himself. No man made it up. He wasn't taught by a bunch of people who dreamt it up. It wasn't something that he just thought of in his own life. This was one that was revealed to him. Jesus showed it to him. And Paul's personal story backs all this up. He goes on, For you've heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. You may have also heard. But if you haven't, we, we first meet Saul, who becomes Paul, as a bit of a bystander in Acts chapter 7. In Acts 7, we see the first Christian martyr, Stephen. Stephen was a, a, a new believer in Jesus, and he was dragged before the religious leaders and was asked about his faith in this Jesus of Nazareth. And Stephen gives a powerful speech, but it's a powerful speech accusing the religious leaders of being just like those people from the Old Testament who rejected God's representatives. And they say, by rejecting Jesus, you are rejecting God himself. Well, the religious leaders did not like that one bit. And so they stoned Stephen to death. And that's where we first hear of Saul, this character Saul who's on the sidelines looking on, Saul who would become Paul. He stands there and he approves of the killing of Stephen. In fact, he actually makes it his business to find and lock up these new believers of Jesus as he travels around Israel. Saul was an intense guy. For you have heard of my previous ways of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. He was intense in all that he did. He was really out there to pull down this new rebellion that as he saw it. Why? Was he just an evil guy? Did he just hate these people? Well, this is what he says. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. So Paul was a young superstar Pharisee. He was rising in the ranks. He was super zealous in following the traditions of the Pharisees. In fact, Paul elsewhere in Philippians describes himself like this. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. 
So Paul was this really zealous young Pharisee. And as a religious group, as religious leaders, the Pharisees took matters into their own hands in protecting what they saw as the true faith in God. We actually see a lot of Jesus' interactions with the Pharisees when he was on earth. And Saul was part of this this party of people, these Pharisees, and he was a full-on Pharisee. He was in boots and all. He wanted to protect the purity of his religion. He wanted to protect the purity of his people, and he would do anything to stop anyone who endangered that, including these new followers of Jesus of Nazareth. But something changed. Paul goes on, but when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. So we hear this story back in Acts chapter 9. Paul who's still Saul at this stage. He's on his way to Damascus, which is a city north of of Israel, and to find more Christians to persecute them. On his way, as he journeys with some other guys, there's this blinding light, and it flashes, and he falls to the ground, and he hears this voice, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he responds, who are you, Lord? And the voice says, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. From that encounter, Saul and what follows, Saul gets the true gospel revealed to him by Jesus himself. Jesus appears to him on the road in a blinding flash of light. And this guy is gobsmacked. His whole life is turned upside down. He is revealed this new gospel, this gospel that he'd been persecuting, wanting to destroy, was actually the truth from God himself. And he is given a task by Jesus himself, that he might preach him among the Gentiles. Saul was to become Paul, and Paul was commissioned to preach Jesus among Gentile, non-Jewish regions, just like Galatia. So we can see why Paul said, back in verse 11 and 12, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. This was his story. This this Paul, this Saul, he was never going to get the gospel through any human means. I mean, this guy studied the scriptures like no one else. He was zealous for the human traditions of his order. And even as he's standing and seeing this guy Stephen and his faith and certainty in God as he is killed, he's not moved. Nothing changes his heart in any of that. He's not moved to consider the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ until he miraculously hears from Jesus himself and he is a changed man. The Holy Spirit had to work in his heart to change him from persecutor to believer, from an intense Pharisee to an intense Christian. And only God could make that change. And only God did make that change in Paul. So we can see that this gospel that Paul is proclaiming is a gospel from God. 
this gospel Paul proclaims. It's, it's this gospel we believe, those of us who are Christians. It's a gospel from God himself. It's the good news according to the God of the universe. It's the good news according to the creator of all things. It's the good news according to God who put everything in place for it to be good news. This is a gospel from God. And it's the gospel outlined at the start of Galatians where Jesus Christ is sent from God the Father to die and to rise again from the dead. The gospel that Jesus Christ gave himself to rescue us from our sins and from this present evil age. This gospel means we have a guaranteed future of true freedom in the new creation forever and ever. This is a glorious gospel and it's a gospel of grace. God set me apart from my mother's room and called me by his grace. Paul is called by grace, this this free gift. And he starts out in this journey, but it is a gospel of grace from first to last. So it's a gospel from God and it is a gospel of grace. It's a free gift for all who will receive it. It's a gospel that if God works in us to receive it, our destiny before we were born is just like Paul's, to be part of his family forever, to be part of his mission to the world, to share this good news so that more may come and join us. And if you're sitting here today and you haven't received this gospel, this good news, it is being held out as a free gift to you. You don't have to do anything to earn it or deserve it. It is a gospel of grace from first to last, and we would love to share it with you. Come and see us. We'd like to talk to you more. Paul goes on. His immediate response was not to consult any human being. Now, this doesn't mean he didn't talk to anyone, but he actually he just didn't have to double-check with anyone if this gospel he received from Jesus was the correct one. He trusted the words of Jesus as it was revealed to him. He goes on, I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia and later I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. Now the we see why actually he goes to, the, to Jerusalem in Acts 11. What, what had happened was there was a bit of a famine in Jerusalem and the people of God were not doing well. So a lot of believers in the regions, including Galatia, sent, wanted to send a gift. And they sent this gift to Jerusalem through elders like Barnabas and Saul. So that's why he's in Jerusalem after three years. See, he says, I assure you before God, what I'm writing to you is no lie. Paul did not have to check his gospel with the other apostles. He spent three years doing this. And the point of the three-year gap is it's not for Paul to say he's a lone cowboy off doing his own thing in the Gentile world. As we see through the Bible, he's doing it in teams with people like Barnabas. He's doing gospel work. But rather he is saying that this gospel was not passed down to him by the hierarchy of a man-made religion. 
He's not just towing the party line like he used to do as a Pharisee. He's instead leading a transformed life because of a gospel that has come to him from God himself. So we can see clearly, Paul is saying, this is a gospel from God. It is a gospel of grace and it's a gospel that's not man-made. It doesn't come from man, from in man or from man-made structures or religions or hierarchies. This is a gospel from God himself. The good news that God reveals to us through Jesus. And he finishes up by saying, I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. This is a gospel from God. It's a gospel of grace and it's a gospel that's not man-made. That's clear. And what is also clear is that it's in contrast to the gospels of our friends Oscar, Ava, Cindy and Connor. Their gospels are not from God. They're not really gospels of grace and they are man-made. And because of all those things, that they're man-made, they're actually no gospels at all. They do not save. And in the end, they disappoint and lead to frustration. For all his bravado, Oscar struggles to keep up and stay consistent. Back in 2021, he was marching for the plight of the Afghanis. But three years later, he hardly thinks of anyone from Afghanistan and he definitely doesn't know any Afghanis. And he would still say that black lives matter, but it's been a long time since that's been the forefront of his mind and heart. And his, his own frustrations in trying to keep up with all what is latest trend spill over into the anger he spits out at those who aren't as progressive as him. And in all of this, he ends up displaying a distinct lack of grace, the same grace that his heart is actually yearning for. For all Ava's dreams... She actually finds herself falling down the rabbit hole of social media addiction. I mean, the dopamine hit she gets from likes and views uh, only lasts so long and she has to go back for more and more and more and more. And, and trying to stand out in a saturated online world, she's finding it exhausting. And in the end, more than just a little bit depressing. And rather than Making money, she's finding her money disappearing down an internet-sized hole. And in the end, for someone who's seeking likes, she's actually starting to feel more and more lonely. As much as Cindy really desires the perfect family, deep down she knows the cracks are starting to appear. With sleepless nights again on their way, she wonders how they'll cope this time with two small kids already stretching them to breaking point. And her husband, well, he's working lots of overtime trying to keep up with the house repayments. And she feels like a single mum a lot of the time. And so instead of dreaming of what they can buy next, they find themselves fighting over money because they're just trying to make ends meet. And when the kids fight, she just can't 
cope and retreats to her bedroom and lets them sort it out themselves and ends up feeling a long way from the perfect mum she dreamed she would be. And for Connor, as much as he trusts the science behind the medicine he practices, there are times he feels helpless in the face of overwhelming medical challenges and even death. And he puts on a brave face as a future surgeon, but deep down he's starting to wonder if he really is that powerful after all. And all the sacrifices he's made to get to this position have taken a toll on his life and on his heart both of which he finds are emptier than he thought they would be. So in the end, man-made gospels like those of Oscar, Ava, Cindy and Connor lead not to salvation, lead not to fulfilment, but the end game for those gospels is frustration and disappointment. And again, look, they couldn't articulate a lot of this beyond this heart yearning they have that they just can't seem to satisfy. And look, while these guys I've made up are a bit of a caricature, we can recognise aspects, can't we, in people around us? I'm sure we can recognise other man-made gospels in people around us, in the people we love and work and live alongside. And we can even recognise some of these man-made gospels sneaking in to us as well but we can also see that man-made gospels are no gospel at all which actually makes the gospel of Jesus Christ all the more compelling all the more important because this is a gospel that has real power in Romans 1 Paul also says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. God's gospel comes with God's power. It has the power to save, the power to transform, and it's a power that lasts into eternity. We've seen how it's transformed a fervent enemy of Jesus into one of his greatest agents. And there are many of us here, sitting here today, who felt this gospel's power in our lives. The power for salvation, the power for transformation and change in our own lives. And that's not a power that comes from ourselves. Because that would make it man-made and it would fail. This is a power that comes from God and is at work in us and we can rejoice in that. And there are two things I want to encourage us to do with that for those of you here who do believe, who know this gospel. I want you to trust the gospel of Jesus and I want you to share the gospel of Jesus. We've started this year with a a series in evangelism where we've looked at merging universes with friends out there in the world, looked about going to their things, and then having layers of conversation like this as we go from interests to values to worldviews to what really makes people tick. So as we're doing these things, we're going to come across people like Oscar, Ava, Cindy and Connor out there. In fact, we will be in there with them. We'll be rubbing shoulders with them. 
We'll be working alongside them. We'll be at barbecues with them. We'll be at sporting things with them. We'll be there at school with them. And as we go through these layers of conversation, we will see what drives them. We will see what their gospels are. And can I encourage you to find out what their gospels are? To care for them so much to truly listen to them? One of the best evangelistic tools we have is simply the power to care so much to ask questions. Ask questions about who they are and what makes them tick and what they're really hoping for in life. That is one of the best evangelistic tools we can have as we're out there doing these layers of conversation. But then we have the best tool of all, which is a gospel that is the power of God, that can change even the hardest hearts, a gospel that can transform everyone from their man-made gospels to a gospel that comes from God itself. There's one thing I want to point out too before we finish with each of these people. Even though they're trusting in man-made gospels, they all have some instinct of the true gospel of God at play in their lives. Every person in this world is made in the image of God. And every person yearns for what we were made for, a relationship with our creator. But so many people including these guys, end up looking in the wrong places for these solutions. So as we engage with people, we discover their man-made gospels, it'd be easy just to write them off and say, just forget all that and come to Jesus. But there is a way as we engage with the community out there, with people who just haven't quite got it right, that we can acknowledge the gospel yearnings they have and point them to a better way. Point them to Jesus. With Oscar, he desires justice for the oppressed and marginalised. So did Jesus. Jesus went out of his way to care for and call the outcasts and provide salvation for them. And Jesus calls all his followers to be people who look out for the oppressed and marginalised around us. Not just in a reactive way, but in a way that continues to care deeply even when it stops being cool. And in the end, Jesus will come back and bring true justice and then a future in the new creation without any oppression for anyone. Ava, well, she desires to be special and to stand out. God declares all humans are special. He loves them so deeply. Each of them are created as beautiful individuals in the master's hands. He gives us meaning and fulfilment that doesn't need to be affirmed by others online. And as we use our gifts, we're called to use them to serve others rather than our own image. And as we do that, we find true fulfilment in Christ and the plans he has for us. Cindy, well, she desires the perfect family full of rich blessings Through Jesus, the true gospel calls us to be part of God's eternal family. In God, we have a father who will never disappoint us. In the church, we have a family of brothers and sisters who can ride through life's bumps together. And we have a father who blesses us with good things so we can be a blessing to others rather than focusing on what we get for ourselves. 
And Connor, well, he loves to look to science to heal, but in Jesus, he can meet the great healer who can heal not just body, but soul as well. And through science, we can see the great work of our creator God revealed. Through science, God gives us ways of using all he has given us to be a benefit for others. And beyond this broken world and our broken lives, he gives us life forever with him in the new creation where there's no more sickness, no more pain, no more death. That's just a brief intro of how we can recognise the gospel instincts in our friends. They may be following man-made gospels that will ultimately disappoint, but they also have some sense that they're just yearning for something greater. They're just looking in the wrong places. And if we are true friends and true family to them, as those layers of conversation go deeper, we can point them to Jesus and a gospel that comes from God, not from human beings. We can show them that they too can trust the gospel of Jesus. They too can go on to share the gospel of Jesus with others because the gospel of God, it's the power of God to save everyone through Jesus Christ our Lord because it's a gospel from God, not from man. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he reveals in himself good news, a gospel that comes from you, a gospel that is the power of salvation to all who will believe. Lord, many of us, we know that gospel and we love it because it has saved us and has transformed us and continues to transform us into the likeness of your son. Help us trust in that gospel, but help us also to share that gospel. We see around us so many people who are looking for good news and they're looking in all the wrong places. Lord, our heart burns for them. Your heart burns even more. You want them to come to know you, to come to know this true gospel that will actually save, that will actually be good news for them. Help us be your people in this world to share that gospel, to listen deeply, to listen to gospel instincts, our friends and families and colleagues, but to point them to the true gospel, the gospel of God that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.